Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show, our week 14 preview coming up. Ben Isaac's back in the house and Ben, well, he's been a busy boy. He's ranked his playoff contenders, different categories, different tiers. We will break down many of them that have made his list and look at who they've got this weekend and look at the bigger picture and wrap it all together. Incidentally, some of the games that we don't get into on this show, we're going to be taking care of business with Propo on Edge Rush. So if you haven't, uh, go check out Edge Rush when it drops. If you uh, haven't checked it out before, well, you have been missing a lot, including me, the comeback kid, getting back onto level-ish terms with producer Ollie. All of that over on Edge Rush. It's a fun show. College days out as well. So go and check them all out in the vault. Subscribe. Uh, on the pod platform you listen to us on if you haven't already right let's get down to business and welcome the brilliant ben isaacs ben isaacs back in the house and very excitingly ben you have got tears as in t-i-e-r-s of playoff contenders right yeah hopefully not tears from a clown well, um, as opposed to tiers of a clown as well uh i love this idea so you've tiered the playoff contenders that's what we're going to get into this week as, as we preview week 14 and, and look at some of the key matchups featuring these contenders uh it, as follows these are the categories that ben's gone for gang uh, making up the numbers is one category <laughs> want to be in there that's a flattering uh, one yeah that's i'm glad we're leading with those uh dangerous contenders or they, dangerous pretenders sorry my bad, yes my bad. yeah dangerous pretenders uh which is the uh, ironically the title of uh, your second album that, that didn't chart after <laughs> the, the difficult second album uh, your record label dropped you after that and then the super bowl contenders i love this before we get into business do you have a similar tiering system for producers you work with and if so oh, where does ollie sit on it i mean he's certainly dangerous mm. um we've been told that by the police numerous <laughs> times and to it's why he has to be kept behind glass when we are in the studio doing the <laughs> TalkSport radio show. Yeah. Um, and he does pretend to be different people at times. I know that he's kind of knocked on people's doors pretending to be a gas engineer in the past. I don't know if we're still yeah. allowed to talk about that. I I'm know not sure if we are. We should probably move on quickly. And that might end up getting edited out, of course, by, by Oli has the final sure. veto, veto on sure. that. Yeah, all I'm going to say is catch me if you can. Is all <laughs> hey, speaking of movies, I, Ollie asked me for a recommendation 
for a film. I think he wrote on WhatsApp either from the 80s or the 90s. Oh, was, how, was how he put it. So I suggested Ferris Bueller's Day Off, of course, the great dissemble. But he'd mm-hmm. seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, so he never ceases to oh. surprise us that he there are one or two films made before the year 2019 that he has watched but then i suggested he wanted a sports movie so i'm not sure if this technically qualifies but it's i'd certainly think poker's a sport and i it's a great movie Uh, is rounders and of course ollie loves rounders because it's about degenerate gambling Mm. yeah uh yeah i mean the thing i'd say i'd say it does count in terms of a sporting movie because it is about the game the way Mm. it's played all the psychology and everything and everything around it. So usually if someone said to me, oh, I, I play a lot of sport, I play poker, I'd be like, oh, hold on there, fella. Yeah. However, when it comes to a sports movie, Rounders is definitely. And also, please do not think the Rounders is mm. about uh, children's baseball in the UK. You will be very disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed. It's a different kind of Rounder. It, it took me back to our legendary Vegas trip of 2004. <laughs> where, what was the over-under on how many times at the table we were dropping pay that man money <laughs> like the croupiers have never heard that line. i know before. that that's the thing that you know they've got this kind of they've got this look like yes very good sir yes yeah, yeah just very clever smart, cl- oh, not the for the thousandth time pay that man his <laughs> money john malkovich i salute yeah right then making up the numbers is, is the first category so you've got the titans on uh, in this list which is maybe surprising to some because just to recap of course the titans have been overtaken by the Patriots after that crazy slugfest on Monday Night Football that I'm sure we're going to get into. Their win over Buffalo puts the the Patriots number one in the AFC with a 9-4 record, but the Titans sitting there at number two, hosting the Jags this weekend. So even with their injury issues, you would uh, you would think the Titans will, mm-hmm. will pick up the W there. They should do, right? And, yep. and, and move to 9-4. and four. And interestingly, Ben, Diana Rossini, no less, ESPN's Diana Rossini, reporting that Derek Henry, it, they're optimistic that he'll be back for early January. Optimism surrounds the Titans now. This mm-hmm. is getting interesting, right? Because if AJ Brown gets fit, Julio, Henry, the three amigos, this is suddenly an altogether different proposition in the in the playoffs, isn't it? In theory, yeah. In theory, if they all if they all come back at the right time in time for the playoffs and they all hit the ground running, then in theory, the Titans are at worst a dangerous pretender mm. and at best a Super Bowl contender. However, I will believe it when I see it. The Titans are not as good as they were at the start of the season. The Titans will make the playoffs. I mean, when I say making up the numbers, mm. I mean, these are teams I would expect to make the playoffs. Yes. But any team in the making up, making up the numbers tier, my attitude towards it is if they were playing on the road against one of the Super Bowl contenders in the playoffs, would I be absolutely stunned if they won? Mm. If the answer is yes, they have to go in making up the numbers. Right now, from everything we're seeing of the Titans, whether they manage to haul people off the injury list in time to play, would I be amazed if they beat one of my top AFC teams, yes, I would be absolutely amazed as it stands right now. I'd also be amazed if the Titans miss the playoffs. I would just be amazed if they can actually beat one of the contenders. Well, I, it's an interesting point, right? So the the run-in for them outside of the Jags this weekend, they've got the Steelers, the 49ers, and then they end with the Finns. Uh, sorry, my bad. They end with the Texans in the final week of the season, the Finns in the penultimate week of the season, still still on the 16-game season, <laughs> yeah. old, old school stuff. So 
I mean, the Jags and the Titans in the mix there. The Dolphins are fast improving. Uh, the 49ers could be out of contention by them by Christmas Eve when they when they play them, uh, Christmas Eve morning. Um, and the, the Steelers, uh, you know, the Big Ben farewell tour, or are they going to be done as well? So I, I think it's highly likely, even with the injuries, particularly with the improving defense as well. Remember, they've got the sixth-ranked rushing D right now. They're yeah. causing trouble up front too. I think that they're better than advertised defensively. I think the Titans will make the mix, but they could make the mix. And this is my point, Ben, with a 13 and four record quite conceivably. And that's going to put them way up near the top, if not the top of the, of the seedings. Henry comes back fresh, AJ and Julio. They expect looking at their respective injury reports, they're going to miss them for a little while, but weirdly Julio trained this week, but he's still on IR. So try and work that one out, but they'll, they'll be back. I think that I think I would be I would not be to use your categorization. I wouldn't be amazed if they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I would right now. And at the start of the season, I wouldn't have been. Mm. And I've I've lost a lot of faith in them. Whereas other AFC contenders who we'll get into, I just have much more faith in like the my AFC Super Bowl contenders are teams that I, you know, I'm in love with right now. If only there was a podcast out there that had been singing the praises of the New England Patriots from preseason. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we would have to do a lot of, I mean, there is obviously a big Patriots bandwagon right now and you are driving the bandwagon. You get to choose who gets on it because you started the engine. Thanks, and I, I, I think thanks, you had man. to hotwire it because I had to hotwire it. Definitely. It, and it now moving. It's kind of like speed, uh, the movie speed. That's where we're. That's where we're at right now with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't really know what to do now. I'm steaming down the motorway. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk. In t- other teams got in this category. I'm not going to go to all of them. You've got the Colts in in here as well. Uh, the Colts at seven and six outside of the the playoffs at the moment, uh, but it's already tight because just to recap, you've got all those teams that are in the hunt. The Colts seven and six. The Browns at six and six. The Steelers still in the mix six five one. As are Denver. Uh, up with 500 at the Miami Dolphins suddenly on a tear. And I've got a little hot take for you in a bit, Ben Isaacs. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Vegas Raiders still hanging on in there. So the AFC playoff picture is, is fascinating to say the least. But it means right now that the Colts are out of that. The Bengals uh, are in there. They're currently in possession of the number six seed, seven and five record. Uh, but concerns of their own. Firstly, Joe Burrow's I- I pinky injury, which we covered, as mm. you mentioned a moment ago, our radio show live on TalkSport 2 every Sunday. Make sure you ch- check us out for that. Uh, we were talking about that at length because I've suffered, suffered a similar injury, of course. And as mm. Ollie uh, very, uh, very uh, pointedly outlined during the show, I was out for seven or eight weeks. Joe Burrow was out for 30 to 45 seconds with the same injury. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yes. Up um however but you but. know the, the the bengals the bengals did still lose i mean we mm. we saw that injury happen and we saw how uncomfortable he yeah. was when he was throwing the ball and for the next couple of the next couple of possessions the bengals had after that he was not throwing it deep and the mm. ball seemed to lack a bit of zip it got better as the game went on you wouldn't say that they lost because of his because of his finger they lost because of all sorts of things going going against them yeah i i think he's going to be okay um the bengals are a team i'm, I'm worried about it you know in all seriousness well, you know I, I think it's you got the extremes of rivers playing on a torn acl and, yeah. and or you know tough quarterbacks playing through there are certain injuries that clearly affect 
the uh, overall trajectory of a ball, right? The, and yes. a rib injury, for example, and we've seen that, I think, earlier on with Tua. I think some of Tua's issues earlier on this season were to do with that, that the rib injury that he had, the zip on the ball, the zing on the ball as well as anything else. And the pinky, I think, it's not a straightforward thing. It's dislocated. That's not, a, and <laughs> joking aside, having been through it, it is not an easy thing to 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 handle this early on, three, four days after it's done. Now, by the weekend, he, he, and yeah, they'll shoot him up with all kinds of God knows what and and get to go out there. But I don't think it's the same as sort of playing with a crocked knee that you have shot up and you're slightly immobile, but yeah. your arm and everything is, is bang on point. This is a... Exactly. People, people might want to think of it as like playing through the pain. Mm. It's not as simple as that. Mm. Like, let's say you're a sprinter and you've really damaged your ankle. It's, it's not the pain that's making you really slow. It's the fact your ankle isn't working properly. Mm. When you are throwing a football, all of those fingers on your throwing hand are doing a job to make that ball go where it needs to go, going a tight spiral and have that zip. Mm. If something is going wrong with that hand, that is a problem, much more so than, say, Aaron Rodgers with a, with a sore toe, which might be very, very painful, and might mean that as he kind of pivots, it can hurt. Yeah. But it is not like a pinky because yeah. he is not throwing the ball with that with that foot. He is playing through pain. Mm. If Burrow has trouble because of his pinky and anyone wants to say, oh, he's got to play through the pain. How painful can it be? Yeah. It's not simply the pain. And I know that people like to get, especially quarterbacks, mm. and try to be like, oh, toughness, toughness, toughness. And we might talk about toughness later later in this episode. But let's not question his toughness. He's a tough guy. If he's having problems, it's because he can't throw the ball properly because of that finger. I don't think his finger is contributing to his league high 14 interceptions this season, though. He's got also, to put that in some kind of context, the third highest interceptions per attempt. Uh, This is ESPN Stats and Information Mm. with uh, the deep dive. 3.7% in 2020, of course, when he was injured. But up to that point, he was one of the third lowest uh, on the uh, same margin, right? By the, on the same uh, mark, by the same margin, I should say. Yeah. So, uh, I think he's he, forcing it a lot. Is that what it is? He's forcing the yeah. issue. Is that because the way this defense is, is built? And I might made a great point on the show earlier this week that we look at surface level at the Bengals because of Jamar Chase and T Higgins, who's really kicking on PFF grading him in the over the last two weeks, the highest a wide receiver, highest graded wide receiver in the NFL right now. So we look at them because of the high flying, highfalutin, freewheeling aerial attack that Burrow can unleash as that type of team, but they're really a run first offense, right? Yeah. And, and then they unleash that, that big dime. Is that, is that maybe part of the issue here that there is a sense of expectation from Burrow and, and maybe ultimately Zach Taylor that it's connected before earlier in the season they're they're forcing plays forcing issues that perhaps they shouldn't because they want to live up to that expectation i think it i think there is partly this idea of like we we know we can do this so we should do it and we should do it more often yeah there's also there's also part of the time where the offensive line hasn't been hasn't been great and he's been throwing it perhaps earlier than he should and not having that extra second to let the receiver get open and get himself a little bit more composed. I, you know, I, I see the Bengals as a work in progress. I see the Bengals as a playoff team mm-hmm. earlier in the year. I felt this was a team that could go deep in the playoffs. I don't think so now. I just feel there are too many things going wrong for them, but this is still a team 
on an upward traje- trajectory. It's a little bit different to the Titans, and I'm not saying they're not on an upward trajectory, but yeah. they're built to win now. The mm. Bengals are building something, and this isn't this isn't the culmination. Whereas with the Titans, this kind of is the culmination. It's, it's not going to win that. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a really fair point. The 49ers, where are they at? Because that's who uh, the Bengals have this week. It's in Ohio. Six and six, the 49ers. They're in the playoff mix themselves right now. And it's a little bit easier or more straightforward, I should say, in the NFC compared to, to the AFC and the teams bubbling un- under. So the, the 49ers at six and six hold the second wildcard spot. The same record as Washington, incidentally, in six and seven. And then you've got Philly, eh, six and seven. We're not really convinced by them. And then it really drops off. The Vikings were definitely not convinced by. Uh, the Saints' injuries have affected their season. Carolina, well, they've just fired their offensive coordinator. Yep. They're going the wrong way. Atlanta, we're never really buying them and so on. So the 49ers would, well, it's theirs to, to throw away. Uh, but that's exactly, of course, what Jimmy G's been doing uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in recent times. There's a lot of blame put on his shoulders. It's how fair is it that Jimmy G is the fall guy right now for their problems? Um, I think, I think it's, I think it's a little bit fair, and he and here's why. Jimmy Garoppolo is a game manager, and I I've described Andy Dalton as um, Andy Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of the same player. And that Jimmy Garoppolo as the West Coast Andy Dalton, and <laughs> he's like they, a cooler, a cooler Dalton. Yeah, he's the he's the cool Andy Dalton, and they they both are. <laughs> and this will sound like faint praise. Very very competent quarterbacks, mm. really reliable, really intelligent. Will do what they're told. Will not win a game on their own. Mm. That is not the sort of players they are. Now, when you have a player like that, a game manager. And there are plenty of game managers who win Super Bowls because they do as they're told and they get the job done and they manage a game, which is not that easy. The one thing you can't do is keep making turnovers. Mm. And are there plenty of game managers that win a Super Bowl? The well, perennial, the age-old question, right? I know we well, can't I mean, the, Trent Dilfer, and you know, there, of course, there are a few, but I mean, was was Flacco that? Yes, yeah. yes, okay. Flacco was 100 a game manager. And the, when I say there are plenty, you do it. I, I mean. It, it isn't that to win a Super Bowl, you have to have one of these quarterbacks who can win a game on, on their own. Now, right. if, you lo- if you look at, say, the last 20 years, you'll find it is skewed towards those players because you have Tom Brady having won yeah. so many just himself. So there's a big chunk already, which makes it hard mm. for any other teams to win, to win Super Bowls at that time. Mm-hmm. So, yes, game managers can win Super Bowls. Jimmy Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl. He then did not have the magic to win the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes is a magical player. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to not be making those mistakes. That sounds obvious, but you can't be a game manager and a turnover liability. But the, you can... I guess the counter argument here, I know with you 100% on that, but if we're talking about why the 49ers aren't, and they're in contention, but why they aren't a stronger outfit and injuries has had a, played a, its hand again, but they had special teams issues. They had a lot of penalties. So why is, is it, yeah, is it I, simply because he's the focal point because he's the quarterback? Yes, exactly. And there were games during this season where the 49ers have been boring. Mm. Um, just the efficient, boring, have scored some, scored some big plays because of opposition miscues. Garoppolo making short passes and then say Debo Samuel making someone miss or there being a missed tackle and making making a big play that was actually like a seven yard pass. He was getting a lot of credit in those games when they were really boring and he wasn't the main guy causing those things to happen. Right. And yet you get a game like the one against the Seahawks 
where he wasn't the main reason they lost, but he's the one then getting the blame. Mm. He's in a tough situation because the 49ers can't go away from Jimmy Garoppolo at this stage because he's kept them. He's kept an, an okay team. 49ers are okay. He's kept an okay team in contention for the yeah. playoffs. And I think we'll make the playoffs, but because of that, that means we don't see Trey Lance. We don't see and- Trey Lance. And, and, so a uh, great point. Uh, I want to uh, find out why we haven't seen Trey Lance pinch hitting a bit more. But on on the point of keeping them in contention, I completely agree. And that's what I think the Saints were doing with Simeon. And that's why mm-hmm. I, I think they, I know Hill had the concussion. And I, I maybe what we've seen from Hill since he got the starting gig, maybe that's why they were holding back. But I, you know, I think it was Peyton thinking, we've got a better chance for all the reasons you've just said with that kind of player of, of making the, the, the playoffs than with this high risk, high reward shot, right? And I think the 49ers are looking at that as well. And they're, and they're going to have to continue to, to do that. Also, on the Garoppolo's got the starting gig right now, but we all know he's going at the end of the season. It's that's a tough spot to be in, right? When you're, yeah. you have to be a leader uh, of the team as a quarterback. And I think, I don't think that's being talked about enough in the same way that when, you know, a head coach is, is done at the end of the season, often loses the locker room or the team loses its way. Right. I, I think it's the same problem for a quarterback. If you know, unless something unbelievable happens, I think even if Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, he's gone. Right. I would agree. Yeah. Because it's if they win the Super Bowl, spot. it won't be because of him. Yeah. And even, it won't, yeah. whether it's in his head, whether it's, you know, his teammates, if it's subconscious thing, it's definitely the fans, 100% the media. This guy, he's not our guy. He's not good enough. That's the constant thing you're thinking when you're seeing Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Because there's, there's pretty much nothing that Garoppolo can do to keep this job into next season. Right. And that is tough psychologically. And, you know, Obviously, the 49ers are never going to come out and say, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever happens, Jimmy G's gone. Trey Lance is the quarterback next season. You don't you don't draft a guy as high as Trey Lance and as talented as Trey Lance with the idea of, oh, maybe they'll play at some point. Or would, would you reckon there might be a way that they look at an Alex Smith-Mahomes deal with him if Garoppolo uplifts for the rest of the season? Only if they feel that Trey Lance cannot do it next season. Mm. And if they decide, and 49ers fans, this is the worry for you. If the 49ers decide that Jimmy Garoppolo should stay, that means everything the 49ers are seeing out of Trey Lance is not what they expected. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that is going to be the case. I think we're going to see Trey Lance next season, and the 49ers may may lose more games next season than this season, but they will be getting ready for the future. And Jimmy Garoppolo will be a starter somewhere else. Mm. he'll he'll be okay but he's in a really tough spot right now because he is it's known he's a lame duck quarterback and i still think they'll make the playoffs i just i've got them in the making up the numbers category because i think Mm -hmm. they'll make the playoffs but i just cannot see them winning on the road at the super bowl contenders Mm. okay uh, the 49ers on the road against the bengals this week with the debo day to day although they are expected to get fred warner back so that's an interesting game uh washington and the la Chargers also in your making up the numbers crew let's move on to the dangerous pretenders mm. and we come to the bills first of all bills of course involved in that extraordinary game against new england another defeat for them they fall to seven and five want to hear my hot take ben please i think there is a very real chance that the dolphins could make the playoffs instead of the bills <sighs> How do you feel that's, about that? Yeah, that's pretty, that is scorching hot. I will give you that. I will so, give you that. Now, the Dolphins of themselves are scorching hot, and the Bills are 
are colder than the weather in Buffalo. They're right. going to Tampa this week, Buffalo. Yeah. They're right. going to lose that. They'll lose that. Lose I'm that. telling they you now. To seven and six. The Finns. Like, see, yeah, my voice got a bit squeaky when I said the Finns. <laughs> the Finns, six and seven. I think this could suddenly get really interesting. When we've talked on the show already about the Dolphins running, right? And the Buffalo running, a little bit different. Let me just get that up. So I've got I should say, if the Dolphins were in the NFC, mm. I'd back them to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it's where, tougher in the AFC. Where the Bills will should be fine. I'm being slightly tongue-in-cheek on the hot take, right? The Bucks, I think they will lose. And then I think it gets interesting because they've also got the Patriots, of course, yeah, uh, in their own backyard. But they have the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Jets. So that's amongst the easiest kind of runners yeah. you, could, you could have, right? But oh, it would have been interesting if they'd had a slightly tougher schedule there. And the thing is, is that because they've been, they seem to be playing without confidence and mm. things seem to be going wrong for them, you wouldn't put it past them to somehow lose one of those three easy games. Well, well right, exactly. And this is a great point. It, their confidence is going. And just fundamentals, every single person watching the game before the game during the game <laughs> particularly what's going on realized that the i think it's better to say the patriots offensive game plan was to run the ball i mean i've never seen I, of course with three attempts in the air there has never been a more flagrant example of that so when if it was so clear what they were doing why couldn't the bills defense stop them well do you know what i think I think this has been a little bit harsh and I can see why certain Bills players got so angry in the press conference. If you take out a few big plays and Mm. I accept that the big plays, big plays are often what decide a game. So it's very easy to be like when I was, when I was on the radio with you on Sunday and I was talking about the things the bears kept doing wrong against the Cardinals where they had, four interceptions, three tipped passes, and one was a joggled pass Mm. that went into a Cardinals player's arms. If you take out those interceptions, the Bears possibly win that game, probably Mm. win that game. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you can't take these things out. But the Bills, um, the Patriots' rushing numbers were skewed by a small handful of big plays. It's a great point. A lot of the time, they were running, and it was two or three yards. Yeah, well, Stevenson, on 24 carries, so the overwhelmingly the bulk of the carries averaged 3.2 a carry yeah. so it's a good argument they yeah. weren't getting they weren't getting gashed the problem was is that those those big plays kind of broke their back and that the bills just could not they could not establish their own running game which has been happening all season which is the biggest knock on them now i think i think they can fix this to a certain extent mm. right now the rushing is going to be a problem because earlier in the season, they didn't look good running the ball and their numbers were inflated because Josh Allen was yes. was was doing a lot. But clearly teams do not respect the run at the moment with the Bills. This, the moment I suggested in an interview at one of the London games that Devin Singletary was going to be my breakout player of the year, <sighs> that's, <laughs> that's when the ground game went from, from bad to worse. It's a good point, though. I wrote about running backs uh, or... Uh, the the running game more broadly this week for Squawker. Check that out. We pushed out on the NC show and, and my uh, social channels at that Coombs. The interesting thing, just looking at really the development of this season of the ground game, is there a shift back towards it? Are we getting a bit carried away because of 
performances like that and the way the Patriots are having success or teams like the Eagles. And uh, and the answer is that slightly, but not, not really. We're not seeing a dramatic return to the run. But it is a good point that when I was analyzing why things have changed so much in the last 10, 15 years, and I used my old favorite, Sean Alexander, as the, the starting point, where mm. Alexander, listeners, I know I often reference him, but if, you, if you're not aware or he's before your time, he was one of the big superstars in the league, was MVP, signed a massive contract with the Seahawks as a result, was out of the league, out of professional football two, three years later, right? And became increasingly the poster boy for that retro-leaning style of every damn running back. They're going to get hammered after three or four years, so don't invest in them. And was one of the reasons, I think, why things changed. Obviously, the onset of... The, the spread offense or, or, or a different style of offense in, in, has been significant in, in particularly in the last five, six years in, in the NFL. The use of running back by committee and the depth that you can have in that talent position, knowing you're going to have a player for three, four years and, and then flip them, all of these things. But, and I'm getting to, getting to your point, clearly the onset and the emergence of the dual threat quarterback has had a big, big bearing there as well. Because if you've got a player like Josh Allen or Lamar, and I know they're extremes, but who are your leading yeah. rusher or thereabouts, then of course that's going to affect the rest of your ground game uh, as well. So on that and on Josh Allen and where this offense is, because you're right. And it's a good point you make the defense getting pelted and and maybe it isn't as, it was a freak game. Come on. It was a, it, that, absolutely. That was a freak game. Absolutely. But the offense is clearly in a funk, right? They have scored in their losses, two of which have been at home, 6, 15, and 10 points. Now, I know the freak game is in that, but what the hell's going on there? Is it just that they can't establish the ground game? They didn't couldn't establish the, establish the ground game last season, and they were fine. Yeah, I, I know. Um, if, I could, if I could fix the Bills right now, um, I'd probably get a job with them. It's, <laughs> it's, there's clearly something not quite right. Mm. But they look like a lot of the times they still look like last year's bills and you're right they had the same rushing problems last year where it just felt like they couldn't get it going and this is this is why i've got them in the dangerous pretenders that they are not in that top tier mm. but we've seen that they can get it done and that they can get it done in the playoffs i think they are going to yeah. get into the playoffs um i think they're going to be healthier than some other teams like say the titans who i'm I'll, like I say, I'll believe it when I see it with those players back and being hundred percent or good enough, good enough to play properly in the playoffs. Cause we know the intensity really cranks up in the playoffs. I think the bills are more built for that than the Titans, which is why the bills for me are in a, are in a higher tier. I don't expect the bills to win a super bowl, but I would be less shocked mm. if they went to say Foxborough and won mm. than I would be if the Titans did it. Okay. I have a gazillion questions on this, but we'll have to save it for another show because we've got to get onto some of the other contenders. We're, or sorry, we're in the dangerous pretenders. Is Ollie in that? Or uh, yeah, in the producer yeah. rankings. Yes, he's, he's a there. dangerous pretender in the world of producers. Okay, fair. The, you've got the <laughs> Cowboys in this mix. They're heading to to Washington. Uh, Washington, of course, at five hundred, and I think yeah, looking like a, a decent. Decent bet to, to maybe make the cut. The Ravens, that's where I want to go with you. The Ravens, if we talk about issues with the Bills offense, then, well, hello, Ravens as well. Now, there are obvious reasons for that. And then perhaps underlying reasons for that. O obvious reasons with the issues with the, the injury and the ground game in particular. But what else is y y contributing to this 
year on year diminished offensive performance do you think i just i feel like the injuries have really caught up with them mm. they feel like i think their record is actually really impressive considering all the right. players that they've that they've lost on on both sides of the ball yeah they are so depleted Marvel uh, Humphrey's out as well now isn't he for the season so a brutal blow i mm. i think this is a bit like kind of the, the 49ers it was a kind of a running joke last season how mm. they just it was impossible to stay healthy um, and it seems like the, the Ravens have got a bit of that and so many crucial players out. And there's there's so much talent in that team. There's so much ability and they've got so much of it, you know, on doctor's tables mm. that it's making things really, really difficult. Mm. I still think in part because they've got the cushion, I still think this is, you know, this is a playoff team. And I think they can they can win in the playoffs. Because I think there are some teams in the AFC that if they've got to play the Ravens, the Ravens are going to beat them. Yeah. But Do you think the Browns can beat them this weekend. It's in I Cleveland. Think, I think they could, but I didn't even put the Browns in my making up the numbers because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I think this is a team that is facing elimination sooner rather than later. I think Baker Mayfield is not right. Mm. I think Baker Mayfield needs surgery. I think they need to rethink what they want to do with this with this offense. It was clear that they wanted to do things with Odell Beckham Jr. It was clear that was not that was not working. Whether that's down to the Browns or down to him, they need to they need to fix their offensive identity, and they need to come back next season while that championship window is still open. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's closed for this year. Okay. Other team in the pretenders ranking, Ben Isaac's definition is not mine, listeners, just to be mm-hmm. clear. The LA Rams. Now I get why the Rams have been on a, a tilt. Of course, they've rebounded a bit, but they lost three in a row before that bounce back win. And the bounce back win was against, you know, who. So I don't think we could put a huge amount of stock in that. A much tougher test for them. And then some hot take, <laughs> tough test for the Rams this week, heading to Arizona. I am really intrigued by by this game. It's it Monday Night Football, of course. Firstly, before we talk about that specific matchup, why aren't the Rams in your Super Bowl contenders list? Because I feel that the best head coaches in the league can figure out the Rams. And this has been something that has happened with Sean McVay teams in the past. Mm. And they would start really well, and the second half of the season, it wouldn't be so wouldn't be so good. Now, there are usually two reasons behind that. Number one, injuries. Number two, you're doing some interesting things on offense or defense that other other coaches, once they've gotten a film on it, are able to figure it out. Stafford's deep passes have not been working. Whenever whenever teams play the Rams now, there are more there are more players in the secondary deep and they're taking out that deep pass Mm. Stafford has seemed like a a far weaker player in the in the second half of this season so far and it's because of the schemes that he's facing now McVeigh we can read nothing into last week's victory Mm. McVeigh has the ability to to figure this out and to exploit the exploit the differences in the defenses that uh, they're currently facing and he's no longer got to do it with Jared Goff he gets to do it with Matt Stafford so there are problems there with the Rams those they didn't lose three games in a row just as a coincidence it's because defenses are playing them differently mm. and I think they've got the players to exploit that but they need to actually start getting on with it and we'll start seeing that 
this week because they've not they've not impressed in a long time. It's been a while because of a bye, because of the defeats, because of the fact you can read nothing into last week's win. I'm waiting for them to impress me. Now I know they've got it in them. That's why I that's why they're in this tier. But I feel that because of the way that they have been in the second half of this season and the way that Stafford has not been able to connect on deep passes and the way that it would indicate coaches can figure out McVeigh, I can't put them in that top tier right now. You know, it's a it, some great points you make, Ben. And we look at the results this season for the Rams and maybe how we were getting a little bit too carried away with their early season form, right? Because... Other than the Bucks win, and I guess they beat the Colts, who are, who are better than advertised. Yep. Uh, but that was only a narrow win, but a, a win to win. The Cards blew them away. They beat the Seahawks, well, and that was, uh, of course, a depleted Seahawks anyway. The Giants, the Lions, the Texans. I mean, come on. Uh, then they lost to the Titans. Uh, they got smashed by the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Packers took care of them pretty comfortably, and then they bounced back against the Jags. So other than the Bucks and marginally the Colts. They haven't beaten any any heavyweights. Yeah, and that Bucks game feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? You know? So I, what about this Monday night? Do you, what do you see is the way, how are they going to take down, because the Cardinals look like Kyler and D-Hop right back in the groove. Their defense is balling and wildly underrated, I think. We're so obsessed with offense and mm. concentrating so much and, and understandably with those two players and that offense and their absence. The Cardinals, I mean, Kingsbury's played a blinder, really, steering them to where he has with the injuries that, that he's had. The defense is underpinning this. And I know we've got into uh, in the deep waters of the playoffs are they going to have the nerve? Do they have the experience? And uh, of course, we'll we'll find we'll find that out because they're making the playoffs and they're making, I think, the deep waters of the of the playoffs. But right now, this matchup, how do the Rams keep it tight? The Rams have to the Rams have to figure out this Cardinals defense, which is something that most teams have not been able to do. Mm. Um, the all those tipped passes against the Bears the other week. That comes from that comes from pressure and good positioning. Obviously, the Bears' offense is not the Rams' offense, but they seem to just get themselves into the right positions all the time. They seem mm. to be they seem to have players who can read an offense in a split second, and they seem to have schemes that will exploit every single weakness. The Rams definitely have the personnel to win this. It's whether they've got the game plan to do it, because in general, we have seen teams being bamboozled by the things the Cardinals are doing. And I don't think they're doing anything super exotic, super complicated. They're just super efficient. Mm. And I, I love watching this Cardinals defense. And you're right. We're so offense obsessed. And you've got a team here that has such bright lights on offense. And the defense just keeps hammering people and just getting it done. I, can, I could see the Rams winning, but I don't think they will. I think, you know, the, the, the Cardinals are 10 and two for a reason. And they've, you know, of those two games, one of those was without Kyler Murray of the games they've lost and the other one they should have won. So they're that good. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the Rams in this spot with the ground game as well. Just, I mean, it, it, a huge problem for them. And with this particular matchup, they can't get anything established there. I think that's going to be, it's going to be a long, uh, a long night for Matt Stafford. I have been big on the Rams this season 
uh, when people were jumping off the, the bandwagon. And I still think they're definitely a playoff side. And I still think they can get it together. The Cardinals, on the other hand, I haven't been as convinced up until now. I think I'm starting to really buy into them now. I think last week's performance, uh, which was far from flawless, but has got me believing that I think they are genuine Super Bowl contenders. You do, Ben, because they are in your list and you have five teams in the contenders list, the genuine Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Alongside the cards, you've got the Chiefs, the Packers, the Bucks. And of course, the, the New England Patriots. So let's start with putting the case for, let's go with the Chiefs, I think. Why don't we go there first of all? So the Chiefs hosting the Raiders this week, eight and four now, the Chiefs, they're on a roll, even if it is their defense that is getting it done maybe more than, than anything else. They've allowed the fewest points in the NFL since week six. How about that for a stat? Thanks, Propo, for wheeling that one out. The offense we know is with, a couple of notable exceptions in in the last month is still struggling compared to the lofty standards of the last couple of years. How much does that matter if this defense is suddenly balling to the degree that it is? Um, it'll matter in January, but I think, and this is this is more kind of based on what we know about the Chiefs and the players they have on offense. I think it will come right at some point. I can't imagine they're going to go through the season without being able to get in the rhythm that they've been in for the last couple of seasons. Patrick Mahomes is, I described him as magical, I think, earlier in the earlier in the show. He can do things that most other quarterbacks can't even dream of. Mm. He when he feels confident, he can he can do things that we don't normally see. And I think he's about to get confident. The Chiefs started really badly they didn't look good in any way this was a team that people were starting to think will they even make the playoffs because there are a lot of other good teams around and they've shown whoa 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 whoa. you know we've won the afc two years in a row we stubbed our toe earlier in the season we're eight and four yeah it's even even when they've been bad they are still eight and four and look at that i couldn't agree more look at their schedule if we're talking about the relatively vanilla schedule for the rams the chiefs have had amongst the toughest i I kept saying this at the time and you're right everyone's writing them off oh the chiefs i mean that that was a genuine yeah and and vocal contingent saying they're not going to make the playoffs they're done this chiefs team is done blow it up this i mean ridiculous overreaction hot take nonsense and part of it was well look at who they're losing to, but also look at the games that he, they would win games. And because Mahomes wasn't throwing for 374 yards and two 88 yard bombs to Tyreek Hill, oh, it's they're winning, they're eking out these victories. Yet the defense getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And look, I don't think anyone's thinking that, irrespective of Propo's stat, that the Chiefs have the best defense in the NFL, no. but they certainly have, well, two things a much stronger defense than many people assume they would. And worryingly i think for the rest of the afc and ultimately for for the rest of the teams in the nfl it's a spags defense that is getting better and better as the season goes on where have we seen that yeah exactly don't overlook playoff experience right when we when we get into january a lot of these teams that are up and coming those the the lights in january are brighter and patrick mahomes and these chiefs have been afc champions 
two seasons in a row. You don't do that by accident. And they know what to expect in January. Nothing is going to surprise them. Mm. The only time they've lost in the, in the postseason in the last few years was against Tom Brady mm-hmm. and the Buccaneers. So slow your roll. Anyone who's thinking that, oh, you know, this isn't, this isn't the team of previous years. I don't think they'll care what their record is. Mm. Once, they are in, once they're in the tournament and they'll be one of the top few seeds, they are a genuine, as of right now, a genuine Super Bowl contender. And the thing is, with the teams in this tier, the Bucks, Patriots, Packers, Cardinals, and Chiefs, there are no moral victories here. Mm. For all of these teams at this point, and this is including the Patriots, who wouldn't have expected to be here at the start of the season, for all of them, anything other than winning the Super Bowl this year is a failure. Mm. Now, obviously, all teams go into the season thinking, oh, we'd like to win the Super Bowl, right? If the Bengals lost in the AFC Championship this year, you couldn't look at that and be like, what a failure. Yes. Right? They're a team coming up. But for these five teams, it is kind of... uh, a little bit all or nothing. Now mm. it's a much bigger failure for the Bucks and Packers mm. because of the way these teams are built to win now. And with the Packers facing salary cap hell and no idea who their quarterback will be next season. But even for the Chiefs mm. to not win the Super Bowl will be a massive, massive, even mm. just failing to reach the Super Bowl mm. will be a massive failure. And that's the difference with these five teams. This is the expectation because of everything going on around them. These mm. are teams that should be winning the Super Bowl, whereas even say the the Cowboys, they could win the Super Bowl. It wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing ever. But if they don't, nobody should look at that and be like, well, what went wrong? How on earth did that happen? Chances are, well, probably the Bucks and Packers happened and the Cardinals. And, you know, that's Mm. why. Great point. And final thing on the Chiefs, Edward Soler is a really key part of this, if he can stay fit, because he has been balling a number of times this season when he's been on the field and fit. And I think, and I've maintained this for a long time that they've been desperately unlucky. And I know you could argue, well, the Rams have with Cam Akers, but I I think if he can stay fit a different dimension, speaking of different dimensions, I guarantee it and get to the playoffs. As you've alluded to already on the show, Ben, the stakes are obviously high and it's often the finest of margins, little things that can Change the course of the game, as you said. You break down that Pats Bills game. It a couple of monster plays were the difference. Everything else, maybe not everything else, but a lot was on a relatively even keel. The Chiefs are gonna, I guarantee, Andy Reid's gonna have some trickery and skull duggeries. Will save him for the playoffs. That could yeah. could win. That one play could win or win a game. Yeah, the the coaches who have the expectations of of playing deep into January, they're not using everything up, just getting into the playoffs. Right. You know, they, they won't worry too much about their record. Um, the best thing they'll have is top seed and be like, okay, we know that we don't have to travel, but you've got to have those things in your back pocket. Whereas for certain teams, you've got to do everything just to get in. And yeah. that's fine, but you aren't the teams who are expected to win the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah. 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 And the only caveat I'd have with the Chiefs, because the home field advantage it is significant for any team, even the Chargers. But with the Chiefs, it's obviously amongst the most significant. And they've got a toughish run in because after the Raiders this weekend, they've got the Chargers, the Steelers, the Broncos might be done by the final week of the season. The Bengals penultimate week, that could be a tricky old game as well. So I was thinking when looking at the the, 
the playoff mix and the seedings. I mean, they've definitely got a shot at the number one seed, but I think it's maybe harder than harder than yeah. um, some of their others, including the the, the uh, Patriots, who now have a bye week. Uh, just when you thought they didn't need any more uh, impetus, the Pats on a bye. We've talked a lot about the Pats on this show this season, so I don't want to go there. I want to talk Bucks with you, Ben, and how you think the Bucks are shaping up because I think they are the most likely Super Bowl winner. They Agreed. are my most likely. You're agreeing with that. They're yes. your favorite. Yes. Um, everyone there has pretty much has done it before. They know it all. They know how to do absolutely everything. There are no surprises from here on in. There is nothing that will shock them. They've all been there, done it, got the rings, got the t-shirts, and they seem a complete football team. A perfect mm. team? No, but absolutely a complete football team. I... In a lot of ways, the Packers and Cardinals have have more have more talent or mm. have potentially more explosive. But out of all of these teams, if there was two minutes to go in a Super Bowl mm. with a touchdown needed to win, out of those five teams that I've listed, there's no one I'd be more confident of than the Bucks. Than the Bucks. Well, that yes, the Packers, because of Rogers, would be a close second, I guess. The Oh, the cheat. That's a good question. That's power rank though. So two minutes to go. Yeah. Brady and the Bucks are number one. Yep. I would have, I think I'd have the Chiefs second. I'd have the, I'd I'd have the, I'd have the Chiefs second because of, because of Mahomes. I would Mm. agree. Yep. Packers third. (laughs) Because of Rogers. I'd have, I'd have the Packers over. Simply because, simply because of, okay. Yeah. Do you know what? On, I feel the Cardinals are possibly a better team. But in that particular situation, yeah, I would go Rogers. I think we're going to be the. I think we're going to be the same here, and I think it's it's the Patriots mm. last because of because of Mac Jones because yeah. Mac Jones is a is a game manager, doing it perfectly, absolutely perfectly. You know, two completions the other night, doing exactly what he needs to do. But in that in that notional two minute drill, yeah, I'm not putting him up that with. Uh, I'm not. I can't put him up there with Brady. Um, you know, sorry, Pats fans. The Packers involved in Sunday Night Football against your Chicago Bears, Ben Isaacs. Uh, because if you <laughs> haven't heard this, is Ben's bought the team, so they are now Ben's uh. Chicago Bears. The <laughs> Packers are coasting to to the playoffs. Obviously, are they bearing in mind what we've just said? So Arizona at ten and two. Let's just remind ourselves of the rankings, and then Green Bay and Tampa. Uh, Bay, both nine and three. We can't forget Dallas. We haven't mentioned them on this show in, in particular, but we've talked about them a lot as well this season. They're, they're in your just bubbling under crew, right? So yeah. the, the Cowboys. So out of those, most likely to be the number one seed, you think, looking at run-ins, Arizona? I um, mean, they I could would, with the edge? Yeah, I would think Arizona have got the edge, even though they're not they're not the complete team that the that the Bucs are. Um, but yeah, got- they've got they've got the edge and that makes such a difference. In terms of home field advantage in the playoffs, it's not simply, oh, loud loud crowds a lot of it is the playing conditions right and people don't want to play in green bay in Mm. january and it's nothing to do with the crowd packers fans might like to think oh it's us making a difference no it's weather making a difference and it (laughs) can make a huge difference people don't want to play in foxborough in january again it's the weather Mm. so i mean it, it would be huge for the cardinals if they know okay we don't have to go. We don't have to go to Green Bay, and that that that's the biggest thing. Avoid going to Green Bay. 
I think the Bucks are going to could get the number one seed. They've got the Bills, as we said this weekend, which is not a straightforward, but I think they win it. The Saints, well, they're done. Yeah, I know the Saints have their card marked, but I think this could be a different, a, a different turnaround given where they are in this season. The Panthers twice in the Jets. I mean, the Bucks could run the table from here on in. Yeah, but I, I'd say the Cardinals could as the Cardinals could as well. Um, I mean, mm. it is it is trickier. It is trickier. The Cardinals have that have that inside track. It's it's. I think it's going to be quite. Cards have got tough. They got the Rams obviously this weekend. The Cowboys coming up. Colts in there who will be fighting for their lives. The Seahawks yeah. and the Lions as well. Uh, yeah, it is certainly tougher. However, I would say for all of those teams, the Cardinals are better than them. Mm. Now, there's yes, if you have to keep playing tough teams, at some point there's a chance you're gonna you're gonna slip up, and the Bucks can the Bucks can coast a little bit in comparison. Um, I think it is between it is between those two. I mean, the Packers will certainly have something to say about that. I think the, the race for that top seed is going to be very exciting, and it is such a big bonus because you get a week off and you mm. get the home advantage. So it whoever does get that number one seed becomes at least in the, I, I imagine in the, in the bookies eyes, the NFC favorite. Mm. How worried are you about the issues the Packers have on their line? Um, I think it hasn't been great. Uh, Bakhtiari looks like he's going to be coming back. Um, the problem as well is that if the line isn't doing its job and Rogers takes a particularly vicious hit and mm. misses time, then the Packers will lose those games. Mm. I, I don't care who they who they decide to put in. You know, Jordan Love can't even practice at the moment, but Jordan Love is not going to be winning any games in December mm. for the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Packers need to keep Rogers upright. He's been a very durable guy. You know, he's got his toe issue, and that looks like nothing's going to get done until after the season. But that offensive line hasn't been great, mm. and if they're up against if they're up against the Bucks and the Cardinals in the playoffs, I think that offensive line can then be a weak point and something to be attacked by by those lines. Aaron Rodgers has played the Chicago Bears 27 times in his career. Do you want to know okay. what his record is? Um, let me see. He's probably only lost about five. Is it five? 22 and five. Yeah. There we go. Uh, he still owns them. Now, the, the, it's, the Bears-Packers series is a bit weird because if you've been... If you've been an NFL fan for the last 10 or 20 years, you'd think, oh my God, the, like the, the Packers just dominate the Bears. Mm. And the Packers lead the all-time series by seven games, right? Now they've both they've both won like I think nearly like a hundred games each, whatever it is. But the Bears had a 24-game lead up until Lombardi being hired. And then it changed. <laughs> and then then the Packers went down again. And the Bears once again had a 24-game lead. And then Holmgren. Brett Favre and um, and Reggie White came along, mm-hmm. and then and then it kind of changed. So there, it's been it's been it's always been a weird rivalry because there have been periods where one team has totally dominated the other, and you haven't had situations where they've both been good at the same time. And usually, mm. if one is bad, one is good. But you don't usually get a chance to have them both good. It's it's in some ways the best rivalry in the NFL because it's the it's the it's the one where the most games have been played mm-hmm. and it's it's still only seven games, seven games in it. But on the other hand, it's usually just a procession. It's someone dominates for a while and someone else dominates. Unlike, say, like the Ravens and the Steelers, which mm-hmm. is a much newer rivalry, 
but always feels like there's there's something at stake. So mm-hmm. um, the Packers will once again win this one, mm-hmm. um, and they'll win it comfortably. Um, the biggest win in the series came in the 80s when obviously the Bears were dominant and the Packers were not dominant. And the Bears put more than 60 points on the Packers. Oof. They in the especially in those days there where you had like the, the Bears were kind of coming up again and the Packers were going down. There's always this ill feeling between the two teams and running up the score was encouraged. If you were gonna if you were <laughs> yeah, gonna beat yeah, them, yeah. you were gonna keep going. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Keep going. And it's a little bit it's a little bit different now. You'll want to rest your players, but mm. the Packers will have no problem against the Bears. At least Justin Fields be playing. So if you are in neutral, you're watching that game. NBC, I think can thank Christ for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People do not want to see Andy Dalton versus the Packers. Yeah. Um at least Justin Fields is box office. Let's mm. hope that Matt Nagy can actually have a scheme that will keep him protected, have him have him rolling out and passing the ball because that was working. And then he decided to take it out of the playbook because Matt Nagy is a genius and he always knows how to trick everybody by, Oh no, we won't do the thing that's working. Everyone will expect that. Let's do something (laughs) that won't work. Um, So yeah, that's, that's going to be a fun one for the Packers. I think that is Sunday night football. That is all she wrote from us on this show. Hope you've enjoyed. Do you agree with Ben's ranks? I, I agree with pretty much all of them. I would move the Rams, I think into Super Bowl contenders. I still think they are. Uh, I might have the Cowboys in that mix as well. But uh, other than that, I think it's pretty fair call. What about you, though, listeners out there? What do you think? At the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, more importantly, interested to know where you see Ollie, producer Ollie, in the producer (laughs) rankings. Which category would you put Ollie in? Speaking of all, we're back for Edge Rush uh that's look at the games we're doing on edge rush i better god because i better i drew lock of the week is rolling i'm catching him up ben i'm catching him up so i've got to get my uh my act together for this one we're doing oh we're doing chiefs raiders we're doing carolina atlanta we're doing washington dallas interesting all right so Ooh. that is dropping uh getting you set for the weekend we'll i'm sure have a lot of other a jibber jabber flying on that show as well. I mentioned I Mike earlier this week. Uh, go check out his review show, Vintage Stuff as Ever, from I Am Mike at Carlson Sports. How you follow him on Twitter, how you follow Ben on Twitter at Tweets from Ben. Brilliant stuff, big man. I'll see you Sunday for the radio show, live five o'clock, talk sport two. Let's go and do it all again. Let's do it all again. Take care, bud. Bye. Podcast Network.